Welcome to today's episode of The Jack's Current, where we talk with people who are helping to drive Northeast Florida's economy. I'm Tina Worth, Vice President of Workforce Development at Jack's USA, the region's premier economic development organization, and I'm here with my co-host, Broderick Green, Senior Director of Business Development. Thanks, Tina. I'm really excited to talk with our guest today, Terry Duran-Steuben. She's accomplished quite a bit in her more than 20-year career, so we'll do a quick introduction and jump right into our discussion today. Terry currently serves as the Vice President of Business Development with Alden White. She was recently named the President of Northeast Florida's Chapter of the National Association of Industrial and Office Properties, or NAOP as is more commonly known, and has secured construction projects in both the private and public sectors in excess of $920 million. So Terry, welcome to our program. I'm glad to be here. So firms like Alden White are an important part of the economic development process. Um, you're providing the commercial and industrial space needed for the companies we work with. Tell me, what are a few of your favorite high-profile projects here, whether they're Alden Whites or not, and uh, what are the ones you most admire? Well, I can, first off, at the top of my head, I'm going to share two of my favorite projects. Um, there are two projects, actually, that I had the opportunity um, to participate in. Two high-profile projects, they equated more than a half a million um, square feet here in the downtown core of Jacksonville. The first was um, Everbank relocation to the downtown core, and the second is Citizens Property Insurance. Those projects brought close to 2,000 people to downtown, so it's something that was high profile for Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. for downtown, and I was particularly excited to be able to be a part of that. Um, Everbank's bold move and commitment to downtown was was quite a cultural shift um, for for their team overall. And the, the citizens' property insurance to be a part of them bringing it, the amount of infrastructure into an occupied high-rise building in downtown um, was quite exciting to, to watch and be a part of. All right. And what, what does that infrastructure look like in terms of a build-out for, for downtown? That, what, what made citizens different than Everbank? There was a lot of similarities in both that they um, went and, and occupied nine floors in an existing high-rise building. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the first step is, you know, quite a bit of demolition, bringing out all of the existing carpet, ceiling tiles, any furnishings that are left in there, starting with the bare bones. Um, but what was most challenging is bringing in all of the the data and the, the, the IT infrastructure mm-hmm. for those projects. I mean, close to a million feet of Cat 6 copper was brought in just for the wow. citizens project. <laughs> That's a statistic right there. <laughs> yes, quite a bit. <laughs> now, I would have to say, you know, other projects that um, were not delivered by Alden White that I admire greatly are two other downtown projects. Um, I would say the Chop House and Intuition Aleworks. Both of those projects coming from the the construction side of the, of the table, I know that both of those are projects of passion mm-hmm. for th- those business groups um, investing into to downtown. They very easily could have been in another area of town and just been another restaurant or another brewery. That's and I really admire their their commitment to to Jacksonville as a whole. Outstanding. It's interesting you bring up passion. How much does does your passion for the work that you do kind of transcend into everyday life for you? And then do you think you view continued commercial building development a little bit differently than friends that you have in other fields? Well, I would have to say that um, the way that my my day-to-day passion for what I do, 9 to 5, definitely transcends into my, my personal life. I'm just an individual. I love meeting all different sorts of, of people. 
I consider myself an individualist. I can relate and connect whether you're the sweet, sweet individual from a corporation down to a service provider in a, in a restaurant. I just, I truly, genuinely care and I'm interested in people. Now, regarding commercial development throughout Jacksonville, do I view it differently than others in the field? I'd have to say the answer to that is more generational, quite frankly. Okay. Um, you know, whether you're an accountant, if you're a doctor, if you're, you know, run any type of business, um, the thought process regarding commercial development is going to vary generationally. Um, my opinion is those that are toward the, the end of their careers or are originally from Jacksonville and retired, they're happy with Jacksonville the way that it is, mm -hmm. the majority. My generation, we want to see more development, but we're apprehensive. You know, we feel like we've been pregnant on a lot of these developments for a long time. And then you have the, the younger generations, whether they're the millennials, that see all of the potential in Jacksonville. They want to stay here. They want to be here. Of my five adult children, three of which do not live here locally, and two are trying very hard to find opportunities and come back to Jacksonville. Because Good. they We want do. them back. Yes. <laughs> as, certainly as, as you do as well. So times are certainly changing, but, you know, you're rare as a female senior executive in the construction industry. So do you have a story you can share with us, maybe from the early days, about uh, some of the unique experiences you had in that regard? First and foremost, speaking to two women would be there's been a champion or an advocate at each major chapter of my life and in my career, um, whether that was a male or a female. Now, regarding the construction industry, um, I have found it exhilarating, but it's a very obvious fact that there are very few women in construction, whether it's actually in the, the workforce out in the field, mm -hmm. you know, bringing mm -hmm. our buildings out of the ground, or in project management with within um, internally in the offices running the projects. When I joined Alden White, there were very few females unless they were support staff at that time. I will also share the fact that the construction industry, you know, one of the things I think that's important and that I try very hard to communicate to the younger generation is that no matter what the industry is, there's all different components of that industry. So take, for instance, if there's a young lady that's, you know, is really intrigued by seeing cranes and seeing buildings coming out of the ground but yet she necessarily doesn't want to be walking around with, with boots and a hard hat, to change those perceptions that if she's creative, she can be a marketing director within a construction company. If she's great with the numbers, she can work in the accounting department. She can work in estimating in the construction industry. So there's a fair amount of work to, I think, just change perceptions. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say the Jacksonville market overall is a challenging one, most definitely. Another quick story um, I'll share as as a female um, is you really just have to ask for it and go for it. Mm. And it's taken me many years to be able to do that. So a very short story I will share with you is before I worked at Alden White, when I learned that there was a, a potential opportunity there, I knew the president of the company, Ed White thought about it. Boy, I, 
really like that company. I think a lot about them. We've done projects in the past. I picked up the phone and called Ed White and asked him. I said, understand that there's this opportunity available. Can you, you know, I'm interested to hear about it. He was surprised that I was interested in it. So I made the move and picked up the phone just really to have a conversation. That's fantastic. I think that's great advice great for everybody advice. Yeah, out there. That's great advice. I'd read somewhere um, that a, a woman will generally not apply in for a position unless she feels that she's 75 or 80 percent qualified. A man will if he feels like he's got about half of what he's looking for. <laughs> so I, just some, that's something interesting, interesting for yeah. ladies to remember. Yeah. Or they wait to be asked yeah. or hoping okay. to be recognized. And the data supports it. Doesn't necessarily mean we have to agree with it. You know, there's plenty of examples. I have personal examples of where you just have to be courageous and mm-hmm. ask. It's always free to ask. That's a great story. Some good insight to to share there. Let me change gears on you a little bit. You're you're the new chair of Downtown Visions Board of Directors, and so we've got the Lower Street Trio and the Barnett Buildings approved for redevelopment. The Shipyards RFP is in process. More housing developments on the on the slate, and the list kind of goes on and on. You mentioned the, the the Calford Chop House and other things that are happening in downtown. So there's a lot of movement. It's it's exciting for us. Uh, our office is in downtown, so we want to see that development continue. Um, how do you see downtown's landscape changing in the next year or two? And what are your thoughts going towards that? Well, the year or two doesn't sound like a very long period of time, um, but you know I'm very optimistic feeling quite bullish and you know if we just look at obviously what's in the works right now so if you you take the east end of of bay street so we have the new daily center amphitheater being built um that whole entertainment hospitality district is is coming to life i see two years from now the doro district being a destination oh yeah so you have that at one end Booked and at the other, on the west end of, of downtown, you have Vescor that's you know is currently is in construction for new affordable workforce housing, the La Villa Law. So there's going to be 130 residential units down there, and there's the RFP on the street right now for the shipyards, as you yeah. had stated. What I think is going to be interesting to observe and what will happen over the next two years is you, you, know, you, you take from the, the sporting venue down to La Villa in Brooklyn and begin to see infill. Because there's been a few mm-hmm. of these catalyst projects that have taken place. Mm-hmm. So potentially what's next? You know, I don't know, convention center? What's going to happen with the old courthouse annex? But I believe we will start to see movement and traction for downtown. That's great. It's exciting. Yeah. Yes. So now you've got a little something on your resume that uh, most of us aren't going to ever have. You were a project facilitator at the Olympic Games. So what does a project facilitator do for the Olympics? And uh, tell us a little bit about that. The Olympics, that was quite an experience as a 19-year-old young lady. Um, actually, the I worked for a consulting company that contracted with the transportation planning committee with the Olympics. And what we were responsible for, what that contract was responsible for, was bringing all the transportation in for the, the athletes, the, the, the international VIPs. No for, pressure or anything. Just, I mean, no, the logistics no. for that. Yes. So 
we brought in 9,600 vehicles that were processed in Los Angeles. So, you know, you're talking the Olympics, but on top of that, you, you know, I went from yeah. Jacksonville and went to Los Angeles. Yeah. Vehicles oh, my goodness. So the project consisted of bringing in 9,600 vehicles from Oklahoma City. They were railed in. So there was daily deliveries. I was the point of contact with um, the Department of uh, Motor Vehicles for California. And we processed them, we tagged them, registered them, put on the, you know, the specific um, Olympic logos and distributed them, you know, to rental car agencies or to all the, you know, the specific VIPs that were, were necessary for a nine-month period of time. Okay, you've just explained why you're such a nice person, because I used to live in California, and I had to register one vehicle through the DMV in California. If you did it 9,600 times, yes, you've, you've, you've had a little more experience interacting with potentially uh, uh, difficult people. Very well said. I think I was identified as a very um, capable, probably very naive individual, because I think it was also because you needed to know DOS at the time. So everything was oh. processed online. So you remember those old gray, I mean, they were old dinosaurs. And that's what had to be utilized. And I oversaw a team of 12 to 13 people at any given time in a very old, used to be a GM plant in, in South L.A. in the Watts District. So it was quite a surreal, wonderful experience. Wow. So as you're as you're kind of starting the career, your career at that point, everything's kind of downhill after that, right? I mean, once you've kind of worked this <laughs> with the Olympics, the rest is pretty easy breezy at that point. Well, I was pretty happy to arrive back in Jacksonville after that experience on Fair the enough. West Coast. Fair enough. Well, that's a that's a, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. So so we'd like to end each episode with the with the fun question that that we think will let the listeners in on a little bit of the personality of our guests. We've got one for you. So if you were locked in a room for three days. I could only have one album playing on repeat, what would it be? You know, out of all the questions, that was one of the more difficult ones. <laughs> I love music. We have Sonos playing through our through our home. But I'm going to say the Chili Peppers Californication because there's all difference. There's from ballads. There's some, you know, there's a little bit of rap, and then there's some traditional rock. That's what it would be. That's a great choice. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's, that's a good that's one. That is. That's a good she's, one. She's really rock and rolling there. See, that's the insight we want. That's perfect. <laughs> Terry, thank you so much for joining us today. Really oh, enjoyed you. having you. This has this been wonderful. Good. good. Yeah, and, uh, and thanks for tuning in, everybody. Join us next month when we sit down with Jared Rice, Executive Director of the Players' Championship. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and we'll catch you next time. 